I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Greetings from Magdeburg, Bratislava and Warsaw. I'm David. And I am Mark and you're listening to the Check Your Facts podcast. Uh, our podcast by journalists, for journalists, about journalism, mainly digital journalism. But uh, maybe we got some guests from the print uh, scene someday. <laughs> but not until now. David, it's good to hear you again after our like almost a month break. How have you been? Yeah, I'm fine. Um, it was quite an... Uh, let's say unannounced break. We never told uh, the guys we are taking a break. It was like due to uh, your vacations. Um, I guess like uh, we got some guests called off the recording. So it all came together and we decided to take a break and then uh, come back in full strength. Yeah, but I think it's no problem because everyone is on the holidays. I mean, sure, when you're laying on the beach, you want to hear some good podcasts, but I'm not sure if you want to hear podcasts or listen to podcasts about digital journalism. I mean, we do, but who else? Maybe our guest of today? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we, we have to ask him uh, and uh, so so he can give us our, uh, like our um, to us and our listeners, uh, podcast recommendations. He's he's actually from Poland. Um, he's in Warsaw, and so maybe he will give us some Polish podcasts. But hopefully, he listens also to some English ones. So uh, let me welcome uh, Jakub Gornicki to the podcast. Hello, Hello Jakub. I can talk now. Yes. <laughs> okay. You're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I try. I was thinking about interrupting you while you were doing the introduction, but then I said, okay, maybe they will not like it. Hello, everybody. Nice maybe next maybe <laughs> next time <laughs> okay so so ho how about those uh, podcast uh, recommendations do you have well any? actually the podcast scene is uh, quite growing in poland for um, past two years there was one guy who has like a financial blog who started a very popular uh, podcast called like jakos chantas how to save money michał szafrański and then this kind of um, started the whole podcast movement uh, on the let's say in the mainstream for for podcasters and since then there is uh, even a special group uh, for podcast for podcasters there's like over 3000 people right now and there is a uh, interesting pop culture podcast called uh, zombie versus zwierz and there's some podcasts about movies uh, there's plenty of them actually right now uh, there's something for parents history and a lot a lot i'm gonna send you links so you can put them into the description of it not sure if there are any podcasts in english though uh, done by polls but uh, at least the scene here is uh, i'm very happy to see actually podcast growing because i like very much this form of creation uh, and it somehow also you know started when the like there was the serial podcast in US, which kind of brought back it, yes. like brought back the cool factor to to podcasts and uh, yeah. So actually, since then, uh, I myself am into podcasts. I told you before that I tried to like start three of them. All of them were amazing, but well, we'll see. I finally will will make it, but it's a very interesting form. Yeah. <laughs> any chance you have uh, any numbers on the podcasts in in uh, Poland? Is it like hundreds of thousands of people listening, millions? Well, you know how is it with, with podcasts. One of the best parts of magic behind podcasts is that the statistics are not that actually quite well uh, served. And I actually like it a lot. I think that, you know, in this era where everything is measured perfectly, the fact that you, not, you don't exactly know what is your total number of listens, uh, how long have people listened to you. You, of course, have some idea but it's not like always 100% sure like you have with video or with uh, with text um, so I don't know how many people listens to podcasts here but at least on the um, when it comes to creators there's more and more of them and uh, for a while I mean they kind of tap into the community which was listening to audiobooks um, and that community is actually quite huge you know I think this is like well, it's a lot. I'm not gonna like, give you exact number. I would have to check it, so then I d you don't have to correct me. But th those two communities are somehow like uh, merging together right now. I see. That's that's always good news. We like audio people. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I would have to actually check because I, I don't think um, <laughs> I'm not sure if there was actually any uh, how to say that 
any any report on, on podcasting in Poland un until until so far. So I'm uh, because uh, so I could give you like uh, bigger numbers and uh, like something more concrete uh, on this. So th that's one of the reasons why uh, I don't know those statistics. I think I would okay. say it's also vague in uh, quite vague in, in United States. There is a there is a analytical firm. I think it's called mm -hmm. Edison. They are doing some like data on podcasting, but it's like really a more like a rough estimate. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens when Apple uh, finally decides mm -hmm. to br bring the numbers in autumn. You yeah. know, when I, when I always when I um, try to advertise podcasts and the idea of podcasts to my company when I want to start a new podcast or I don't know, um, I want to tell them to listen to us some. They always ask for numbers, and mm -hmm. I, I have to say uh, I think it's very special interest, and if there are and even if it's only 100 people who actually want to listen to me talking for mm -hmm. like 20, 40, 50, whatever minutes, I think that's the uh, job done very well. And I think that's why we are doing this one here. So I would encourage everyone who wants to start a podcast or who, want, who fights for the podcast scene to just convince everyone that special interest um, doesn't need like large numbers. But uh, yeah, we just need more of everybody doing podcasts and blogs and so on yeah and I mean, even a fight uh, even a fight against like um the going down of net neutrality so yeah someone once told me a friend of mine who started the travel podcast is that you know i asked him why did you start it and he said like well people who made podcasts they never lost you know they always gained a lot by it and there is actually something to it you know and <coughs> i read the statistics that most of the podcasts uh, uh, doesn't survive until 10th episode so if you make if you make it more did you guys make it more than 10 oh yeah yeah so we're you past, past the point, the point. yeah this is like, uh, this is like <laughs> a you know die point for for podcast which is true i think you know 10 10 is the it's like you know you start one then you have the second uh still it's much easier to do a podcast than to do a a, a video show you know you, you don't have to look nice uh, you have to focus on your voice. The other thing is that, yeah, podcasts are not becoming massive, besides a couple of uh, those which are, you know, making the name for podcasts in general, like Serial or uh, American Life, or there are just more S Town, but this is still the same production, Radio Lab and Reveal or something like this. Uh, but then you have this community uh, which is very much engaged into what you're doing, and as you said, Mark is that if you have someone who's willing to like spend an hour with you and listen to you, that's actually a lot. So usually people who listen to podcasts are your like core community. You know, you can I don't I'm not sure what's the next step, you know, maybe marrying those people. But uh <laughs> yeah, this is like, you know, this is your core community. Uh and uh, it's much easier to get, you know, big numbers on Facebook and so on and so on. Uh, but still, um, it's still, uh, this is really uh, interesting. I'm actually waiting, I'm not sure if it's in, in your country's available, that Google Play. Uh, no, it's still not. I was checking last week and it's horrible. It's in, in Europe, it's, I don't know, maybe in the UK only, but uh, I, I was reading the Google blog and they said like, patience guys. And yeah, like patience for like <laughs> a year. No, no more patience for that. <laughs> but this I think is going to really change uh, the podcasting industry uh, in a way that uh, currently you we are required to download like a, another app so when you want to have a listener who is not into podcast at all and you want them to listen to you they have to install another app before they, they can actually connect to you so they cannot just you know open a browser and easily listen to you or be notified and so on and so on unless well yeah I mean, i'm not sure you're gonna send them anything i mean unless you're so. using like ios or for yeah. android people it's like yeah. really hard oh yeah sorry i'm an android person for now so yeah me yeah. too <laughs> so yeah for for ios well. is slightly different because you have itunes but uh, on android you need uh, so this is like a huge barrier huge you know once it will be uh, gone then you can send direct links you know uh, you can have lots of people uh, because they have google play store pre-installed on their phones so they can easily access your podcast so that's going to really change it um but we have to be patient as you said and wait for that but once this arrives uh, it's really interesting and another thing which i'm thinking about is that i think that you know uh, since the cars are being more and more co computerized um, i'm not sure that's a word but you know what i mean 
is that this is also like uh, one of the best places to listen to audio you know for ages that that was a radio but i think that once you know we have those android cars uh, uh, once this is merged more with um, then i think podcasts will really occupy the space as well and i think this is something really well if i would be a podcaster i would just waiting for uh, the people who drive cars to have more capabilities to actually listen to easily and this is oh. coming anyhow I was just talking to David yesterday uh, that I find like the perfect uh, length of an episode for a podcast is like 20 minutes because that's my usual oh, have to end. walk to like, <laughs> yeah, ju ju it's just a usual walk to, to my workplace. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, yeah, 20 minutes is nice for me. Uh, but if I was, was to nice drive, like, to you guys, uh, yeah, <laughs> bye -bye. <laughs> that's, a no, nice, I, that's a nice way to... Uh, Cut out the gas, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> no, if, I w if I was to drive like one hour to work, I would love to hear an episode which is like more than one hour. And I'm listening to many podcasts who are longer than one hour. Yeah. But then I listen to it like in 20 minute steps, like to work, back from work, um, to work the next day, back from work the next day, and which is perfectly fine. But like the 20 minutes bits are nice. But when you're actually on the car and drive to like, let's say holidays mm -hmm. or to your family and you have like an easy way to listen to it it's very good i was actually driving yesterday oh no uh, two days ago to an appointment which was like one hour away by car and i wasn't just able to connect my phone to the car stereo because it, w it wouldn't work it was via usb or via bluetooth so telephone connected via bluetooth but it was only for the telephone function mm -hmm. Uh, via USB, it wasn't working because of like Android restrictions, and it was it was horrible. So I was actually listening um, to some podcasts over the speakers of my phone, um, which I laid like into a little um, area in the car, which was uh, like a resonance body. <laughs> it was stupid. I must have looked like an idiot trying to connect the phone. So if that's getting easier, I think more people will listen to podcasts. Yeah, commute time is very important in podcasts. You know, in the United States, the average commute time is much bigger than in Europe. So the, that's another one of the major reasons why the podcasts are much, 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 much more popular there than here in Europe. Because in Europe, like in Warsaw, where I live, I think that the average commute time is around half an hour. So uh, then all the podcasts below 30 minutes um, fit in exactly into this nice uh, thing, you know. I commute 25 minutes if I'm going to the office or something like this. Then uh, something which is uh, longer. But then I also read that you know podcasts are either up to 20 minutes or then above the hour. So this is what the uh, listeners prefer. Yeah, uh, so Dav uh, David, you're a big fan of uh, of the Daily by the uh, the Times. Do oh yeah, it's if if you guys aren't like regular listeners, it has become my, my like number one daily podcast. It's it's awesome because <coughs> it gives me the all the like world news in 20 minutes and it goes deep on one or two topics and the, uh, the other topics it just you know uh, scratches the surface but still I get to know what's going on and you know the, the production of that is just like just awesome cool do you have any numbers on how uh, how successful this is yeah they have like half a million daily downloads wow so it's it's like uh, above anything we can hope for in the next <laughs> you know decades in until in until europe, so. google podcast is coming out we yeah, mark yeah, that day everyone <laughs> in europe is waiting for uh, google podcast but anyway surprisingly we brought jakub not to talk about podcasts even though we we spent uh, the, the first 10 minutes or so yeah <laughs> Just 10 minutes on this, but uh, we brought Jakub to talk about uh, different things. But before we get into that, uh, Jakub, um, I guess your official title is a blogger, right? Well, is that right? it was, uh, you know, uh, it was, okay. until la until the end of last year, I was the uh, co-founder of the Pinesta Foundation uh, and I uh, managed it together with my friend for almost six years. And that organization was devoted to open data and civic engagement. And at the same time, I started the travel blog, and uh, and yeah, so I was a blogger and still would call myself a blogger. Uh, but uh, I decided to go back into journalism, actually to reporting. And since this, like January, uh, I started this new reporting initiative called Outriders. But you can call me blogger, reporter, whatever you want. I'm not like 
very much into titles. Uh, so ah, I so see. Yeah. And so, but basically, you do journalism, yeah. and, and, uh, mm. and uh, so how how was your journey to journalism? Like well, uh, what did you do uh, before? So uh, basically, I studied journalism at the university, uh, and then, uh, well, and then how to put it? And then we started a small NGO, uh, and uh, we started to do projects with, uh, with open data and uh, move on to, to other ones mm, and uh, at the same time I was doing some more free, uh, freelance work uh, when it comes to strictly reporting from um, some like Belarus or Georgia or other countries where those were just you know one-time gigs uh, to put it this way but you know at the same time the open data field was uh, changing and at some point it started to become more ab about data journalism and we became more of a watchdog so we started to actually fulfill that journalistic duty even though you know you would call us uh, a data NGO or something like this, um, so but yeah, at some point once the organization started to grow, I thought that you know it's time to actually really focus on um, on doing reporting and also looking at what hap wha what is happening in not only in media in Poland but also globally. I thought that this is actually a good time to focus only on this. So yeah, that, that was basically my journey. And I had this travel blog, which we actually did lots of, even though this was a blog, I was a blogger, I was actually doing like reporting pro projects there, you know, which you can call journalism, um, you can call blogging, whatever you want, but uh, it was, it was kind of the same, following the rules. And, uh, and yeah, but uh, blog was, uh, let's say, uh, a hobby thing, uh, even though it was quite uh, well-received well, well and so on. Uh, which allowed me while I was having a day day job to basically how to put it um, have my journalistic uh, needs you know fulfilled there, but at some point it just started not to be enough, and I wanted to start something new. And here I am talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, top of your yeah. career, talking to us. Thank you very much. No problem. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyway, so uh, could you could you tell us a little bit more about this out Outriders um, uh, uh, initiative you're doing? Is is it uh, because I was I was looking yeah. through the uh, website you also publish, which is also very interesting in English. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if every story, but I've seen a lot yeah. of them. You publish like how 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 did you yeah. do the stories? Mm -hmm. Uh, there, there are also uh, like how tos. Uh, I guess f also for people to know like uh, a background, something AP mm -hmm. has begun mm -hmm. doing in a way. Yeah, they uh, copied but us. You have been doing it for a <laughs> while. <laughs> 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 and uh, but uh, I have to say, like I, I met you on a yeah. conference, but we didn't meet there actually. I just yeah, seen we your presentation, which was. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, which which was uh, which was very interesting and and you wore you you were I think you were the only one with spectacles yeah. like uh, those glasses from uh, yeah. Snap, uh, which is running Snapchat. Uh, but mm. yeah, before we get into the the multimedia storytelling uh, thing, uh, we, we wanted to talk to you about. But could you like to ask more about these yeah, outriders sure. and um, like who? who I, I guess my my question is what you do there and like who's your audience because. That's something I'm really okay, curious so, about. You know, our mission is to bring original reporting and glo global perspective through innovative storytelling. And what it means is that we try to provide people from uh, original stories from various places all around the world. And uh, looking at the decline of foreign correspondents and that there is less and less reporters doing this job, at the same time, we s I think, you know, d and I strongly believe that this is a very crucial or role for any society to understand another society and culture, you know, is that this somewhat transfer um, of information has to be, it, it cannot only be based, you know, on agencies or on, or, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, we have, we have those issues, uh, like if you look at, for example, what's happening with migration in Europe, uh, you have something happening in France, and then it's becoming a major political uh, thing, let's say in Poland, you know, or maybe in Slovakia. And who is reporting from that? You know, uh, who who is actually checking it? You know, it's so easy to manipulate those those information because uh, you are not there and y you cannot uh, check it yourself, or you have no will actually to do that because there is you know more and more of those. Um, 
I hate those name fake news and so on, but uh, they somehow get created through this. So I decided mm, to together with an uh, amazing group of people to try to form an initiative which would like bring reporters together and we try to provide uh, regular updates from selected areas around the world and do bigger stories which relate to migration, war, uh, minorities and so on and so on. And about our basic goal is that we are there and we are reporting from like what we see, you know, uh, uh, and that we have to go and check this. And um, uh, based like uh, and the second question, like who's your audience? Well, I don't know who is, is our like people audience? in Poland. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> so you know, we started in January, and by started, I mean that you know, I wrote this blog post wh where I announced it. I started to look for people who share this belief that this is important and who want to do it. We started to do um, initial stories. We started to do dispatches from Ukraine, um, um, which are happening regularly, basically to test the dispatches, which then want to uh, roll out to other countries and regions. And we are looking people who want to contribute to it. We are working on bigger stories, those interactive ones, which take time, uh, uh, a lot of research, and a lot of like going and checking and so on. And uh, I am currently, and we are all are focused on actually like showing what we can do in a way that like w this is maybe, you know, this is uh, what you see currently on the website is like the portfolio. You know, we are trying to show all the directions we can go. We can that we can do. We can we can cover well refugees. We can cover well. Um, we have just we, we, we were just joined by a, a war photographer. And uh, there is a huge story about the Battle of Mosul coming up, um <coughs> and um, and uh, and then we have some uh, stories lined up about the what's happening in Ukraine, um, um, in the eastern eastern part of it, and uh, and once we have this, we will be looking we will be looking out for our audience in a way that. Uh, we as when we will start asking people like to really follow us. I mean, you know, we have for social media and so on and so on right now established. But once we do a bigger story, which takes takes lots of time, takes a huge like investment of resources and so on, then we release it. We send out the newsletter. We we throw it on Facebook. We share it. But we are not spending extra time on distribution because we are just jumping on another story. And this is like I'm fully aware that this is on one hand that's like. <coughs> maybe small waste because you would like the story to go further. They usually pick up on their own. Um, mm, so traction, there is traction and they usually get lots of comments, uh, so far positive comments from like people who do similar things or who are more interested in the, in the media industry, which tells us that, you know, this is nice. But, mm, and then we are doing like this, like this big launch of us on 26th of September. And until then, we are just focusing on stories, stories, stories. And since um, end of uh, uh, September, we are moving on to distribution phase. So this is like, I call it the product phase. And the second one is the distribution phase. We will be actually seeking for the audience. Mm -hmm. Now, if you ask me if I have an idea for whom I talk to uh, and who is our audience, um, uh, you know, uh, it's like, I'm trying to find a better description, but you know, uh, if you if you if you have a printed newspaper, and yeah, and there is always a section called word, and this is what we are trying to this this is our like goal to be basically. This is what we are trying to be. Who should read that? I don't know. Uh, I can tell you like the usual marketing description. You know, uh, 1845. <laughs> from uh, you know from bigger cities, <laughs> <laughs> but is it is it like you're in a in a startup phase? I mean, um, because you have been going around conferences. You talked already about yeah. outriders. I I, I thought it's uh, like already a, you know uh, a media organization like a living one. But uh, based on what you're just saying, it's more like sounds like a startup. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, we, we do it like a startup. It actually legally is going to be an NGO, and, and which is going to be a publisher of this. And we, b you know, and we decided to go with build as you go. 
So once we have a problem, we try to solve it. So once we started, for example, to see that, hey, people actually are following us and there is a chance to actually, that maybe we will have some funds to actually do it more, then we started to, to legalize. Um, actually, you know, to be like really honest, I am really surprised in a good way by the reception we have received. And what you're just saying is that this is what people think of us after seeing what we do at conferences. It's actually something which surprised us, you know, in a way that um, someone recently told me, like, hey, you look like you're well-funded. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should change that, you know. Maybe we should, like, maybe that, that PR is actually something which is doing more harm than good. Uh, because we are not that well funded, <laughs> but uh <laughs> and <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So um, it's just you know I, f I think that we we've, we've arrived in a very good moment, um, and uh, what we do is quite well received, and uh, and yeah, I'm like I think that you know in six months from now. It's going to be a well-driven operation. I call it a startup, even though it's an NGO, because I like to more, how to put it, uh, apply startup, uh, in like startup building creation processes to it. I also think that, you know, um, usually when there are journalists starting a new initiative, there is only like journalists. And to create actually a media organization, you need other types of people. And you cannot, f it's not like, you know, five reporters trying to do something because they, they are reporters mm, and uh, their job is to report once you have to uh, well once you have <laughs> once you ask them to like do you know fundraising or think about management think about how to structure it and so on yeah they can do it but it's not like it's like asking me to you know play golf you know or something like this uh, you know they don't know how to do it I can do it but um, so uh, yeah, we're setting up this operation in a way that, you know, that we have four reporters right now, but then yeah, we have developers, coders, uh, people who support us on a more managerial way, on a more strategy way. You know, I've spent last year basically uh, thinking about uh, strategy for like two years, and it's only been uh, seven months for now. And so far I'm mm, quite happy uh, that it's working out uh, the way I, I planned it to. So we'll see. Nice. Do you have is your goal actually to like work together with big media outlets or do you want to be a publishing platform on your own? Because I, I think you can gain very many subscribers, mm -hmm. um, readers, whatever, when you like go for cooperation with like mm -hmm. let's say New York Times or any Polish pendant. Yeah, or if New York Times wants to call me, you know. Just give them my number. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so so I'll tell you so like two things. One is that it's a normal medium publication. Uh, but the other thing is that we also try to, um, how to put it? We try to, um, by what we do, we want to share it. And this is why you said that we have those how-tos. Those how-tos are for readers, but they're also for other journalists. We want to show that you can do good journalism, you know, quality journalism. Although I hate when you say quality journalism because that you imply that there is another sort of journalism, you know, which is like what shit or something like this. <coughs> and but, we still call but, it but isn't isn't there a section which mm. is like not quality mm. journalism? I I bet mm. there is, like the Boulevard, really yeah. crappy stuff. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, that. But I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what I, I know what you want to say. But this we we, we kind of allow on a on, on a more semantic level for like this like oh I'm gonna do quality journalism oh okay go on uh, I'm just gonna and then you say and uh, somehow you say that you know for like regular day to day journalism what less rules applies yeah you know that's true. Uh, uh, I, w I would I would rather go that you know we do dispatches which is normal day to day job and they follow the same rules as our interactive journal uh, stories. But I wouldn't call the interactive more quality than dispatches. This is uh, they are just more fancy, you know. Uh, simply, you know, there's like comparing a, 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 a huge Hollywood movie to a TV show. Basically, that's the difference. Uh, but they still both can be good. It's just you can see that there is more resources put into a huge, you know, huge movie. 
but at the same time they both have to follow simple rules we cannot just simplify it like oh that's just a typical article somewhere you, we, you, you, you don't have to check it because you, you have you have less time so we try to share and we try to help other journalists and we wanna um, like, part, like our mission is to publish the stories but also to help the journalism field and the ecosystem basically to grow and uh, I wanna create this like vibe that sh uh, you can share more as a journalist you know at least in Poland my I would love journalists to share more and publishers have less competition based on let's not tell them you know uh, more like especially that as a blogger mm, you know bloggers share a lot uh, oh you mean like like inside info and yeah. you know it's like together like we are sources stronger and you yeah know, I together see we are mean. stronger and we grow as a category and we still fight with each other like compete on who does the best story but we see that there is a lot coming from sharing and even occasionally collaborating rather than like oh let's not tell them let's not ask for the uh, for expertise it's quite often that I show uh, stories on which we are working to colleagues from other media outlets asking them even though I know that they are working something of something similar or they follow the topic just for critics and it's always very helpful just to inspire you know others that they can expect everything like this from me uh, but how is this working out exactly like are there NGOs mm -hmm. or anything like this or do you even ask like the big media big media big medias and mm -hmm. really big, big media colleagues yes just they know like hey well, what do you think about it you know they have a different perspective and it's um, um, and we try to like also show that um, uh, how to put it um, that we care about what they say and uh, that they um, you know it's, it's a little bit change the culture you know is that like oh wow they like we we, we we show them a story like what a week before publishing and so on uh, even though we know that they are working on something similar just different angle or different different form or something like this because I think it's very important you know in startups and in blogs uh, people share a lot you know like the startup culture was built in sharing you know you have all those founders and everybody coming like talking to you about growth strategies you know sales strategies marketing strategies you know you go to a journalist conference there's not so many of them because there's actually more publishing slash business model conferences for media industry rather than like conferences for journalists where you talk about stories uh, the creation process you know verification process and so on and so on and uh, on the other hand there's also reason you know the media are highly competitive in a way that you know for audience time uh, advertisement and uh, it's kind of like embedded into like tell like we, we are not sharing we are not telling you know uh, and I think this is bad and I think this is bad because it's not only about journalists like from competing in media outlets to tell each other but it's also about like younger generations it's uh, like there's how do we have the ecosystem for like younger journalists or students or whatever people who are beginning to actually go into this field meet other people you know have some kind of a sense of a community uh, so uh, so yeah but just to answer your question which you asked me 10 minutes ago um, uh, yeah we are <laughs> you know our uh, because we are like small compared to big media outlets, that means that you know we can easily um, experiment. We are very flexible, and we can do what big publishers can't. Um, and we, of course, are very happy to partner. We are actually talking to some media, big media outlets, not only in Poland but also globally, about some possible cooperation. And uh, and and yeah, and uh, I'm not afraid of that because there's there's always something you can learn. There is always something which increases your reach or uh, basically you can do other things uh, with it um, and there are some resources for which we do not have simply access or if we do they just take ages to do it you know uh, big publishers they have lots of people doing crazy things you know uh, they can help you with things on, on any level so uh, and I we also think that you know uh, what we do is like risk and in a way that uh, one of the main reasons why, for example, you don't have media out is that easily doing interactive stories and so on, because from their point of view, this is like high risk investment. A uh, lot of time put into creation, unknown if it's gonna generate the, the numbers which and so on. So uh, when they see that we can do it, 
it's much easier for them to actually say like okay why don't you do it for me for example you know let's see how does it play out on our platform but besides this yeah okay, sorry <laughs> sorry sorry um i, I just uh, when you were talking about this uh, uh came to my mind uh like we didn't talk about sustainability like uh, uh what's what what are your funding options uh now and in the future because that's that's always a big question when talking about smaller media outlets. yeah so we're going for the subscription model in a way that we want to build community of people who wants to support what we do but we will be not doing paywall it's going to be open we want people to support this information to be free because I do not believe in closing the information. I think that, you know, people who have limited funding, uh, like limited financial, um, they, they shouldn't be cut off from quality journalism. Um, and um, that's going to be our core, but is, this is going to be our, this is going to take our time. So probably before we'll build it. Uh, when we will be launching on 26th, um, uh, we'll be also starting probably some, some crowdfunding campaign to get us initial funding. And then we'll see. We're also um, applying for some um, usual uh, reporting and journalism grants, which show up as the way. So far, it is only like um, built on trust. You know, the the people who are mm, and there's currently nine people working in Outriders. Um, this is we are <coughs> no one gets anything from from it for now. You know, uh, we all believe in the mission and that it's important to do it and that um, it's going to work out. So, so this is where we are. Um, on uh, w- one last thing regarding mm-hmm. this, and then I guess we want to mm-hmm. also move to uh, talk about like the sure. media situation in Poland because that's a big question mm-hmm. right now. But <coughs> I'm I'm always curious when someone talks about uh, like uh, more about content and less about like distributions. I'm 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 not saying it's like impossible, but I I, I like like in. <coughs> when I'm talking about like media in 2017 mm-hmm. with, with anyone like the the distribution side of the thing is like you know it it comes like 50-50 you know or or maybe less on the side of the of the of the distribution so um you're 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 basically saying you want to um, be heavy on social media and 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 the newsletters or is there anything um, other innovative that you're like looking at Uh, regarding uh, the distribution of your material well social media i'm not that actually very f- like you know we have twitter we have facebook and so on uh and of course we'll be there but i'm actually looking more into messengers currently fascinated um by the mm, distribution which gives you whatsapp for example um And this is something what we want to experiment with. We are actually also doing lots of, you know, we take especially the bigger stories and we are actually doing exhibition and like offline installations to go to people. So it's not only happening online so that and we will be traveling, you know, around Poland, for example, in next months. Uh, we have two big events coming up at the end of this month with three of our stories, uh, which are both published online will be happening uh, in Kraków and in some, mm, there's going to be a reporting festival um, in southern Poland in a small village. Mm. So we want to take it, we want to take it there. So for me, distribution actually comes on many levels. One is this, w- what you would say, like the usual sp- suspects, you know, you, you publish something, you throw it into social media. That's simply distributing. Then uh, the other thing, which we are not touching yet, but I'm f- just thinking about it, is basically uh, formats dedicated for social media. So not only linking back to our story, but how do we want to use Facebook Live? Do we want to do something like this? How do we grow our community? You know, our community has to be built, has to be connected to, let's say, our website. This is where we will offer them the most. Um, but uh, I lost my I lost my thought. Lost my thought. So then you have those those dedicated formats, and then you have basically various ways of uh, trying to reach out new people. Um and I don't know I'm actually um, I want to reach as many p- as, p- as many people as possible but I'm also trying to find a way like not to uh go to people who usually don't read this you know um I see and uh, is this is this something we can you know in the future uh, see on your website talking or writing about it yeah. like uh, how do you distribute yeah, your definitely. content how do you gain uh, memberships yeah, uh, definitely you know I believe in the forms of distribution which are not interfered by any algorithms 
uh, those are I think the most honest for the creator and the reader, listener, or whatever. This is what um, also a cool thing about podcasts. You know, there you have there's no algorithm and mm, uh, like thinking whether your podcast should be uh, delivered to you to your listener or not, as you have happening on Facebook and as you have kind of happening on uh, Twitter and as you as it as we see happening right now on youtube which is messing up the subscription system and so basically you say like once you uh subscribe to the podcast you yeah. get every you get every episode like without yeah. uh, any uh, any problem exactly any and uh, you have the same with the newsletter and you know we have 2017 and still the newsletter is the most uh one of the best things you can do to actually have a proper distribution you know um so uh i see that we are um, replying to each other on twitter as we record <laughs> this <laughs> as we record this interview um, but yeah um so yeah distribution is many options it's like uh offline and online for me are equally important uh like um, starting from next year we want to have a, a reporting comic comics wow that uh, sounds really so nice so are, are are you being like inspired by the the center for investigative reporting they do that a lot uh, a little yes uh, i'm also inspired by joe sacco who's like the guru of the like journalism comics and uh, but in general i like the form i I'm really into drawings because uh, they offer you so many possibilities they are like not that used that many much and i'm talking about you know i'm not talking about like a meme comic or a free stripe comic which you want people to share on social media. I'm talking like, you know, once a month or once every two months, like a, an issue about something. Something which, uh, for example, because we started to think like, uh, there's so many places where journalists can go, but for example, they cannot take pictures or take videos. Um, so one thing is to write about this. But the other thing is that it's actually possible to to then take it um, and try to find places which uh, which you know exactly uh, how to show, which we can put story into this, and actually use this um, as an advantage. You know, so it's not no longer no, no longer a problem that you can go with a camera. Or sometimes it's easier not to go with a camera, even if you want, if you even if you can. But then once you have this comic, and one thing is to properly have it, you know, on mobile and on desktop, but it's not a problem also to print it or have some possibilities for printing it or have people subscribing to get a printed version of it. Like uh, there is lots of those print on demand services, quite more expensive uh, than, you know, like a normal publishing, but still not that much if someone wa wants to get it. So I agree that distribution is very, very important. Uh, and uh, distribution, promotion, and we spend a lot of time f when we have a story thinking about uh, how this can be distributed, you know? It's like when you have a movie or a TV show, you know? You have to have a trailer, a teaser. Trailer number four, teaser of the trailer number seven. Uh, you know, there is this huge uh, campaign around it because you have to create um, a demand for it. You have to show that you are doing and uh, and yeah. So this is something what, uh, yeah, maybe sometimes 50-50 is actually a correct time, you know, the, the competition is very high and you, you have to um, really fight to um, for the people to see your story, but also make them interested in it. And also this is on, uh, uh, this is why I don't like the, I mean, I try not to use the word promotion, I try to use the word distribution because I think it's better worded it's and then the reporters, like better understand it why we are doing this you know it's like um, uh, so it's not for others people for other people to do it but they also have to think uh when they do a story like oh maybe we should do a 30 second video here which we can later use to promote it or something like this you know or or have some parts of the story which can be later used as as, as teasering it and so on and so on and uh, yeah but I, as i said in the in the beginning um given the amount of time we need for distribution uh we thought that okay let's focus on the product and let's not worry about ourselves uh, about this right now let's just do story story stories and uh, have internal mechanism for it let's let's have the team to um, learn how to work together and so on and so on then at some point we'll switch to
to also doing distribution because that's a lot of time uh, which you have to which you really have to push it and different kind of thinking behind it also because you have to like think plan it uh, and so on and so on so yeah this is where we are okay now I'm gonna uh, drink some water so you can cut it out later okay <laughs> oh, so, so <laughs> many questions actually after this uh, part I mean it goes deep down into messaging newsletters and even a comic I would love to hear from you like uh, let's say when you've tested it for half a year or so to mm -hmm. just get a review of how it worked plus everything so sure uh, sounds really nice and uh, it just reminded me that we definitely need to do uh, a section or a podcast and whole episode about messaging and even push notifications mm -hmm. when it comes to like everything <laughs> everything connected to distribution or promotion so yeah, david just definitely. we just need to re write that down <laughs> okay we're doing it now i'm writing the messaging and push notifications and looking for holds starting now um, but anyway back to you Jakub so uh, Mark do you want to um, go deeper on those topics you, you especially the messaging part is really interesting because um, it's actually basic basically um, connected to the push notifications because I uh, think about right now uh, at work how we improve to um, to promote distribute our our contents we just saw a big race in Uh, search engines, mm. so people are coming from search engines to our stuff, but we are doing basically news, so we're basically a news website uh, with background articles on very regional topics, uh, but still everyone is owning a smartphone, and the question is whether uh, what is better, a messaging app or a push notification? Both show up on your like lock screens, mm -hmm. and you said you were really into all this messaging stuff, And I guess that means basically WhatsApp. Well, that means WhatsApp, you have Signal, you have Telegram, and you have Viber. Uh, what, what do you use in Poland like the most? I, I think mean the I WhatsApp is the king here. Uh, Viber is the second one. But uh, by traveling, I can see that you know there are WhatsApp countries and there are Viber countries right now. Uh, Signal you know, made a lot of name uh, because it's the most secure. Um, and well, it's not owned. Uh, by a big corporation behind it. Uh, WhatsApp recently introduced encryption, uh, and I think that really helped them to, at least I started to use it uh, slightly more. Uh, so yeah, but WhatsApp and Viber actually, and Telegram, I think they have, uh, they think how they can be used by publishers. And you know, WhatsApp, for example, have this notification list, which allows you to create a, a group of people and then distribute to them uh, without them being able to reply to you. So once you push a message to 2,000 people, you are not getting 2,000 thank you. Uh, it's, just it's, it's just distribution. So I started to follow some startups which actually do it. One of them is like, for example, 100 Journals, which is a Turkish startup. Um, and uh, they have this daily service in English and uh, at around 8 p.m., 10 p.m., I get... Uh, I get like, well, let's say 800 characters. Uh, like yesterday, I got what six stories, like six headlines with small description about what is happening in Turkey, and this is fascinating, you know, because I actually started to understand more. I'm I'm following them for what, couple months right now, and uh, I get this. But there are other reasons um, why I find, mm, uh, you know, this is a natural environment, so they are not trying to like push me a huge story. This is a mobile phone, and uh, they know that my attention span here is mm, not that not that big actually, but it's regular and it's really it's really interesting to see. The other thing is, you know, is like uh, how do we get to people who live in uh, smaller cities, medium cities, ru rural uh, rural areas? You know, they also have all, all the mobile phones. You know, and. Um, I think that you know WhatsApp is really interesting. In general, messaging is really interesting because, well, the um, internet packages are currently either unlimited or cheap, or you know, uh, so it really doesn't matter right now. Uh, so everybody can do it. The coverage is re also really nice. Uh, talking about Poland right now, uh, so we we can push them a lot. The and the other thing is that you know what we see is that. Mm, the younger generations, they are less and less uh, 
uh, happy about doing everything in public and uh, they use more groups they use more uh, mobile platforms to to communicate uh, i am more and i'm like more and more i spend time on whatsapp groups than uh, on uh, facebook and so on and i think that, that, that that's the reason why facebook decided to start to disconnect messenger and i actually use messenger.com for past six months not facebook.com i like I talk to people on Messenger and I don't get all that other shit, uh, you know, because a friend of me, uh, mine asked, invited me to 64 groups, which I have no time to put my, like, you know, leave because it takes lots of time on Facebook and so on. Um, so, so yeah, so there is a couple of things which I think that the messaging are going to be the next big thing. And it's a different relationship with a reader, you know, a mobile phone is also interesting. Uh, going through WhatsApp is very intimate. You know, you are next to your friend. You are next to your mother or whatever. Yeah. And then you have a medium outlet. Uh, <coughs> the uh, thing is, you, you like you like really, and I know it's a hard word, like intrude the, like the private atmosphere mm -hmm. of, of the messenger app. So there are now companies coming into your messaging yeah. app and like put your like or get get you away from your private things i mean that's mm -hmm. what happened with facebook it was like built as a network for students then mm -hmm. it was open to like the world and then companies started to see it and now it's basically run by sponsored content and ads and don't you fear that the same will happen there well probably <coughs> of course there is going to be you know, there's lots of companies doing bots right now you know trying to there was the bot became a like a, a buzzword um, i think two years ago as soon as facebook announced the possibility to to do them we are still waiting for some actual bots to not be stupid uh, but uh, there are some use cases especially in the journalism field like politibot in spain uh, which are actually doing great work there and they also know that this is like an invasion of a huge private space uh, but uh, we'll see how it goes i mean I think that you know it's not not like uh, I think that like I don't allow that much this space to be invaded. So the competition is really high. You have to be really good mm, to actually go there. And also the other thing is that we still don't know because there's not so much offer there. You know, it's not like I, I can subscribe to like 50 media outlets on to get their WhatsApps. And uh, actually, it's really interesting because to, to get uh, still you have to add the phone number to your text to your. Uh, uh, to your phone book, you know, and then send a message um, to like get it, and then the person because it's still not not automated. Mm. Uh, it's still not automated in a way that you know. Uh, so when you subscribe to 140 journals, they actually have a, a person or maybe even two people just doing WhatsApp. Yeah. Because they have to actually, if if you send them, they have to actually manually add you to this list. And uh, and then if you say unsubscribe, they have to do it manually. So they have. A and there's always uh, the possibility to mm -hmm. just try to stay in contact. I mean, there is a way to answer to that story and um, yeah, they start say, to say your opinion. Right now, and surveys on WhatsApp. So this is amazing, you know. If you can you can have this flat relationship with your readers, uh, which is totally changing everything, both for journalists and both for the readers. And I would love to try that. Um, and I think this is really curious, you know. It's like uh, uh, everybody f thinks how to like reinvent the comment section, you know. Uh, but it's how do we have a meaningful debate, basically. And, well, I'm really curious to see the how, how those experiments are going to play out. And especially as you're an expert on storytelling, um, there are ways of, like, storytelling for WhatsApp. Um, I will uh, give you a link and we will put it into the description. There was sure. a German... Um, publisher who um, they had like a, a history project mm -hmm. and they relived a certain event um, somewhere in west of Germany mm -hmm. uh, through WhatsApp so you could subscribe and they sent you like updates um, what happened from minute to minute in the city I think it was uh, at the end of World War Two when mm -hmm. the city was bombarded by oh, okay. um, by the Allies and mm -hmm. so you could like relive it on WhatsApp and I think that I, I unfortunately I think they only published their um, their um, final um, results in German, but I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm look this up and maybe I find some summary in English. Maybe they did it on some conferences or so, but it was really interesting and I think it was last year. So you may be into this. 
Okay, awesome. Send me this, please. David, what do you say? I think we're running out of time, aren't we? Yes, we are. We have time for one more question. <laughs> uh, but, but, but let's make it two because uh, just, just like a quick question towards WhatsApp because one of the things, one, uh, one media organization in uh, Slovakia, they tried it and found it like really time consuming because uh, you have these groups of, uh, of people when you want to mm -hmm. chat to them and I, I think the number was like uh, like really low like it was like I'm not sure now if it's like 200 or something like that like people mm -hmm. if you want want to have in uh, one group and so you have you need to have like several groups of people um and then repost the same message and uh, there's like no like real desktop tool i, I guess now it there you have what's chrome or whatever but but still it's not uh, that comfortable as when let's say you have like 40,000 mm -hmm. people on facebook and you push it out of course b because of the facebook algorithm it doesn't get to see be seen by like 40,000 mm -hmm. people by it. but don't you think the 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 tech behind the whatsapp is still like uh, not so good for you know media houses of course it's not and i don't think it should be you know in a way that um, It's still a messenger primarily, and I think that it's more of the, from the media side, it's more hacking this platform to use it, because they know that <laughs> people are, uh, uh, you know, using this and uh, and trying to be there, and there are some good experiments, you know. For for many people, you know, um, think about this, if let's say you live somewhere, I don't know, in a remote area, deserted and so on, you know, this might be the best way for you to actually get news, you know. You can ens mm, you connect once in a while to internet and then you get it. WhatsApp is also which which uh, many many telcos uh, actually offer you WhatsApp for free in many countries. You know, you have this shitty package and that's another thing, you know, because I talk from a perspective from a person who can who has a very cheap uh, unlimited access to internet and mobile. But for many people, like I don't know, in Argentina for example, you have a 10 megabyte package a day. Um But so just 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 that we write mm -hmm. 10 megabytes like yeah in which is not like in nothing know. yeah uh, and the, but then you have whatsapp for free now this really changes the game uh, for publishers and for, for people you know because then you, you can distribute it so it's another another thing you know um, I f you, you, we can, you, you can find those maps you know where are those um, uh, messengers uh, most popular you know and uh, every country is different but Uh, that is really uh, that is really different, uh, and uh, it allows you basically, like using the example of Argentina, you know there are people in living in Patagonia who will most probably never, unless there is going to be like those LTE Max or something like this, where you really need just one antenna for huge coverage to deliver, which is impossible to deliver them content right now. But oh, that's um, but kind of dangerous, I'd say. And I think most of the like digital mm -hmm. journalists would like, just disagree to mm -hmm. to that model. Um, I would really recommend you the one of the latest episodes of IRL, the Mozilla mm -hmm. podcast, which is about net neutrality mm -hmm. and like WhatsApp. WhatsApp being free is like a big step mm -hmm. against net neutrality. And I, I think yeah, we could I do a whole, a whole episode on that. I have a that. huge problem with WhatsApp because of who owns it, um, because I do not trust uh, uh, Facebook at this time at all. Uh, in terms that it understands um, and tries to somehow address um, uh, whether it basically has any moral compass as a company uh, besides making money and I think this is very bad that they own uh, Messenger, Whatsapp uh, and uh, you know and try to establish themselves as a main um, I don't know gatekeeper to all the communication And uh, this is this is really bad. And I would prefer if I, I try to use primarily Signal, uh, but it's not, of course, as popular as, uh, as as WhatsApp. But those are issues which are also very important, and I think that you know we have to also take them into consideration. Um, and uh, and this is also why we we try to uh, on our trailers also you want to write about those topics. So it's not only about experts our media guys talking about uh, those issues but we also think that it's very important to explain it to readers basically that certain things we do are um, 
are in effect basically because you know some values which we believe in are not able to be served on some platforms uh, and uh, and we'll see you know Facebook recently started the program for journalists but uh, well for now it's more of a PR thing rather than the actual <laughs> thing and um, uh, but I'm really waiting to see when they th when they realize that well what they've been doing wasn't that good and so far they have a huge problem accepting this and accepting you know is a huge important <laughs> it's an important number one step <laughs> in the um, moving on phase um, and uh, yeah but please send me the link well they say yeah. Facebook says they want to help uh, membership based uh, publications with uh, gaming yes of members. course by, by taking uh, them subscribers their money. So uh, we we will s we will see what happens. Anyway, we are like really running uh, like over over mm -hmm. time, I and um, uh, so so <laughs> we wanted to ask you about uh, the situation, like media situation in Poland. But we, we don't even have have time to get into it. But uh, if you can only like with <laughs> two sentences sure. tell us, like, is it like really that bad as it looks like from outside? And then perhaps like give you give us some like oh this read this political story it's uh, like mm. the best description of the situation. Well, uh, so this is this is how it is. You know the public broadcaster, which uh, has over 20-25 percent of viewership when it comes to TV, but also the there is also public radio. Um, they are they are really bad right now in terms of that they switched from they are doing uh, hateful propaganda either pro-government or anti-opposition or and they are like really not following any rules and they are just out of control uh, but still there is like pl pl pluralism and there is like no problem starting media organizations uh, we'll see what's gonna happen uh, in September because uh, there is the going to be this new law for like which will address the ownership of media uh, which will address their market share uh, basically trying to it's aimed at couple of big publishers who primarily controlled all of the local media outlets uh, and it's it's uh, it's aimed at them and after this we'll see if they manage to do it and what are going to be the actual results uh, uh, Mm, so yeah uh, and besides this I don't know I mean I would describe the situation that you know um, I think the biggest problem is with the distribution simply you know it's like uh, we have a s d divided society uh, which reads their media and how do you how do you talk to the other side you know how do you create not for any side just for the objective side or whatever those are the big questions which I I hope that mm, we'll be answering very soon here in Poland um, so yeah that, that's basically how I how I see the situation I'm really not I'll, I'm, I might be talking to you like differently in a month we'll see what what this new law is going to do um, and how is how is it going to change the uh, well, the media landscape here. The media landscape here. Okay, then we can bring you on uh, in a couple of like uh, months back, and after you launched Outriders officially, and we can talk also also about the the Polish media situation. Uh, uh, like, how how are you doing, guys? Anyway, that's uh, th that's it for today. <laughs> I'm so sorry to being the the bad guy too. <laughs> And and this because as always we could go for like you know hours more but uh, you have your fam family to tend to and um, I guess we have to um, give our listeners a chance to listen to other podcasts yeah. as well uh, this week um, so yeah it was a pleasure um, it was really interesting and uh, yeah thank you Jakub. Well, thank you for having me and uh, wish you luck and let's talk in a year so maybe we'll see how it went and uh, yeah <laughs> yeah m or or maybe maybe sooner <laughs> <laughs> i hope I, I hope for sooner mm. anyway uh thank you everyone for listening um you 
if you're not subscribed to this podcast please do so on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast uh, uh, be sure to s- check out our website which is checkyourfacts.eu so once again checkyourfacts.eu EU as in european union and yeah follow us on all the social networks um, and as we were like talking about also newsletters uh, make sure to check out our episode with nikki hofflin from revu uh, which was like i think five or six months ago very nice episode about newsletters and uh, why we should make them great again which is kind of a bit of a topic in our podcast uh, over and over again and if you actually want to meet us in person and maybe be part of a outside episode um, david is going to be a speaker at the news mm-hmm. impact summit in budapest which is uh, when exactly the 11th of september And I will be there too, listening to what David is saying. And maybe we do a podcast right there, live or whatever. Yeah, do the Facebook live audio. Yeah, <laughs> But maybe maybe we try it. Uh, Lena, Tim will be there. Adam from our latest episode will be there. And um, us two will be there. So make sure to check it. It's actually free, free of admission. So you just have to register on the website. And we put it in into the description as well. And before we let you go... I think there's one more thing to say, isn't it, David? Yes, guys. Always remember to always check your facts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Okay. Uh, bye. Bye. Bye.